What's up, Breakies? Welcome to The Breakdown. And if you're here, you already know what time it is. It's time to take a break, break out your Bible so we can get into the Word of God. You ready? Let's go. Welcome, Breakies. I am excited to be talking to you guys today. Today is going to be a great day here on The Breakdown. We're kind of doing somewhat of a part two, I want to say. So last week, we talked about the man of God prophesying to the altar at Bethel regarding King Josiah, saying that King Josiah would burn the bones of pagan priests on the altar. And of course, it was 340 years prior to King Josiah's uh, birth even that he was prophesying this. And so I went into second Kings and just kind of looked back at it. Cause I had read it before and I was like, yeah, I want to share this with the breakies. So that's what I'm going to do. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to second Kings chapters 22 and 23 chapters, 22 and 23 of second Kings. Go ahead, read that. So press pause on this podcast, read that, and then come back and I will be breaking it down. Okay, so boom, let's get into it. (laughs) So King Josiah um, becomes king at eight years old, which to me is like, whoa, wow. But anyway, that ain't none of my business. Um, (laughs) So he becomes king at eight and he actually does not do evil in the sight of the Lord, which, as I told you guys before, it's pretty rare in the book of Kings. Like majority of the kings did evil in the sight of the Lord. And if they weren't doing evil in the sight of the Lord, they did a few things right, but they were still allowing people to like worship idols. But King Josiah, he did not. And so in about his 18th year of his reign, he wanted to get the, the temple set back up so that the people could go in and worship and the Ark of the Covenant could be placed back in it. And just all of these things that were, I feel like, 100% necessary. I agree with King Josiah. Let's pull it together. So he calls his servant Shaphan and he says, hey, Shaphan, I need you to go to the temple, talk to Hilkiah, tell them to take all the money that they've been collecting Um, for the upkeep of of the temple and pay the people who we need to rebuild, who we need to get it fixed up. So you might need a mason, you might need a carpenter, you might need a welder, just the people that you need. And he told Shafin, he said, and tell Hilkiah to go ahead and give them the money and don't worry about keeping account because these are trustworthy people. And that was the first thing that struck me as like, okay, good. Like, I like that because these men, these people that Josiah was talking about paying to do the job, they had a reputation, right? They had a reputation of being good at what they did. They had a reputation of being honest, honest and integritous. And so that just made me think about like, hmm, I started reflecting on me like, huh, I wonder what people are saying. And so I just pray that I am just walking in a way when it comes to my walk with Christ and when it comes to my life where people can say, try Denara. You can trust her with that, you know, because we should all have that kind of standard. But anyway, back to the story, because y'all know I will digress in a minute. So Shafin goes over and he talks to Hilkiah and Hilkiah says, OK, we're going to get that done. 
And he goes ahead and starts doing that. But while Shaphan is there, he says, oh, let the king know that I found this scroll. Okay, so this is the word of God. And minding you, the word of God is supposed to be posted up next to the Ark of the Covenant. I forgot the whole setup of how it's supposed to be set up, but it's supposed to be the book of the law, right? And then also like some manna and maybe a few other things that are supposed to be posted up in a specific place um, is how God ordered them to do it. And it's not, it's just tossed away somewhere and he just finds it randomly in the temple when that's one of those things that should have been like somewhere specific because it was God ordained to be somewhere specific. And it wasn't. And that's crazy too, because you think about like misusing the word of God. Like how many times have we gotten a word or heard a word or even read the word and just been like, hmm, whatever, I'm gonna still do what I wanna do. Hmm, whatever, I kind of trust you, God, but I don't kind of trust you. And that's essentially the same thing as like just throwing a scroll <laughs> that is literally <laughs> has the word of God on it just to the side somewhere. So, but the king before them was King Manasseh and y'all know King Manasseh was kind of ratchet. So, <laughs> so ain't no telling where Hilkiah then found this at, but he gives it to Shaphan and Shaphan goes back to the palace and Shaphan tells Josiah, he's like, yeah, king, everything went well. We're going to go ahead and get the, everything started. Everybody is hired that needs to be hired. Oh, and as a second thought, he says, oh, and Hilkiah gave me this book. And I'm just like, this book, don't you mean like the word of God? But anyway, so Josiah's like, oh, really? Word? So Shaphan reads it to Josiah and Josiah is upset because he realizes that, hey, like these people in my kingdom, they have not been living right. We have so many idols everywhere and all of these things. So Josiah tears his clothes because that's what people did back then when they got angry or when they were in mourning they would tear their clothes and so josiah tears his clothing and he's like man this is crazy like we are not following the laws of god almighty god and it's just like wow and you can think about that like in my life or in our lives how sometimes we be over here just doing what we want to do and then something will pop in your mind um even about the word or you'll hear a song or you might be on youtube or instagram and see a reel or something and it says something you're like wow i need to do better and so josiah was in that mind frame of like wow we need to do better but it really kind of upset him it really hit him in the heart and so he was like okay Shafin, I need you, Hilkiah. And I, it was a couple of other people he sent to go talk to a prophet. And so I'm thinking that it's going to be, you know, some random male prophet, but it was a female. And that made me super excited. And her name was Helda. And they went and talked to her. And so Helda tells them like, listen, God said the children of Israel have to be held accountable. You messed up, so you got to get the repercussions. However, King Josiah, this will not happen while you are alive. But as soon as you die, baby, it's about to go down. These are my words. These are not direct quotes from the Bible. Go read it. It's good. And you'll get the full gist. Honestly, guys, please go read it because this is two chapters that I'm 
essentially trying to break down. So I'm going to need you to read it because I know that I'm not going to hit every single point for this one. So go ahead and read it, please. So she tells Josiah, she tells them that and they go back and tell Josiah and Josiah's like, okay, bet. This is what we're going to do. We're going to get the clean and everything out. So Josiah starts in, in Kings chapter 22 three, he goes and he begins like the cleaning of the temple. He's like, all right, well, we need to start getting all this stuff out. So they've had all kinds of like pagan God worship things going on in the temple. They are worshiping the Asherah God. Um, there were prostitutes in there because part of the thing with being, um, a worshiper of the Asherah God, it has a lot to do with like sex and things of that nature. Um, and so they had that in there. They had, they were burning incense to other things. They had, um, horse statues outside of the temple facing the sun. There was just like a bunch of, there was just a bunch of stuff going on. And Josiah was like, we not having it anymore. So he started on the, the inside. He started with the core, right? Which was the temple and, you know, where he lived. And then he moved further out and further out into like surrounding areas, surrounding towns and cities and, and started really just getting rid of all of the idol worship type stuff, all of the altars, all of the statues and things of that nature he got rid of. And he actually does go ahead and fulfill the prophecy that the man of God spoke in our breakdown last week. So he goes and there is a graveyard for pagan priests and he burns the bones on the altar at Bethel. And I just thought that was so good because when we think about God in the way that God works and the things that God says, like God's word will not return to him void. And we got to keep that in our hearts and keep that in our minds that God is not a man that he should lie. That if he said it, it's going to come to pass. I don't care if it's three seconds, three minutes, three days, three weeks, three months, three years, 30 years, or 340 some years as it was in this one. So Josiah is doing what what the man of God prophesied that he would do. And he sees the tomb of the man of God and also the old man prophet that was a part of the story too. You got to go back and listen to last week's breakdown and read the scriptures related to it because it was pretty good. Um, and he asked, he says, what is that tomb? And they tell him, they say, that's the man of God's tomb who prophesied exactly what you're doing right now. And he told them to just leave it be, you know, out of respect for basically the word of God and what was happening at the time. And also I think that's really good. It just speaks to how important the word of God was and how important history was to them because for people to even be able to run that back 300 and something years later, you would think like, well, who is that? And we'd be like, I don't know. Why? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it looked real old though. <laughs> Not really knowing like who it was or what it was because it was so long ago. But they were really on that type of stuff back then. And I think that that is super cool. But yes, so Josiah goes and he starts going crazy with like knocking down all of the pagan stuff. He even gets rid of all the soothsayers and the psychics and all of these things. He's like, uh-uh, this can't happen. This cannot happen around here at all. It's not going to be able to go forth. Not while I'm the king. And I think he kind of eased on over because he didn't have jurisdiction over 
over Bethel, but he was able to go in there anyways and do what he was doing as far as getting rid of the pagan gods. And he even, even the pagan priests, uh uh-uh, y'all gotta go. The people who were dealing with like the worships of the stars and the moons and all that, uh uh-uh, y'all gotta go. Everybody that was not worshiping the Lord God Almighty had to go. They had to be put out. It was just like, "Mm -mm, this ain't gonna work. Um, All of the statues, everything, the the Moloch God, people were, um, oh my God, this is, this is horrible. They were sacrificing their children to this God and the hands of this God, they would, it would be like a fire and the hands of this God would get piping hot and they were sitting their babies in there. And then there was another type of, um, one where they would lure, lure, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> lure children in it and and burn them so they were literally sacrificing their children to these pagan gods and that that to me was pretty heavy but thank god for king josiah because he was like listen we need to pull it together we need to clean this up and you guys really should take some time and go read it and i know i just said that earlier but when you really get into reading it and just take some time to look up some of these gods and some of the things that they were doing it's like it gets real And you kind of think about like, how could you, like, how could they, why would they, you know, but then that just makes me get into just the application piece of this and just thinking about us and all of the things that we entertain and all of the things that we carry, these things that the children of Israel and the people of Judah were, were worshiping because they were things, they weren't really gods, um, They were simply distractions from really what the plan of God actually was. You know, these are our chosen people. And if you would just follow my rules and abide the way that I'm calling you to abide, things would be so much better. But they were choosing to follow these pagan gods and listen to these pagan priests and sacrificing their children and and just their own lives for the sake of distraction for the sake of not being able to actually how do I want to say this they weren't able to actually live their best lives (laughs) you know what I'm saying you know everybody I'm living my best life like everybody wants to be able to do that but the way that they were choosing to do it that wasn't really the actual way and I like to submit that a lot of times we do think that we're doing what's best. I'm doing what's best. This makes me feel good. You only live once. And let me tell you something, you only live once will get you taken straight to a place where you don't want to be. And I'm not, I'm not even talking about, um, saying like, Oh, you're going to go to hell. I'm talking about your health, your mental health and all of those things. Because the more that we clutter our lives, the more that we clutter our temples with things that are not of God, the worse off our lives get. We end up anxious. We end up nervous. We end up crying all the time. There's so much drama. And I know that we're not necessarily worshiping pagan gods or sacrificing our babies. But what are we doing? We're entertaining so many of the wrong things. And I mentioned even some of the kind of witchcrafty stuff. Um, we're, We're burning sage, right? We are doing seances, playing with Ouija boards, 
talking about manifestation, let me tell you something. It's no manifestation other than faith, okay? Write the vision, make it plain, okay? Put it on some paper, pray over it, give it to the Lord and tell him not your will, but his will. God, this might be what I was thinking about, but I know you got something better for me. I think what the children of Israel did not realize was that, man, God has something way better for me. God loves us so much. And the best thing, the best gift that he could ever give outside of salvation was the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to live in our temples. But we have to kick the devil out in order to allow the Holy Spirit to reign supreme in our temples, right? There is no way that God, that the Holy Spirit is going to live within me and be content within me while I'm over here you know, welcoming all of these spirits in and doing all of this crazy stuff. It's not even, even y'all. Okay. While I'm talking about this, don't be sending me nothing talking about share this with 12 people if you love Jesus, because that is not what signifies my love for Jesus at all. Whether I share it with 12 people or I don't share it with nobody. I love Jesus. I don't do the chain letters and all of those things. And I think that we need to be mindful as Christians because we think that these, these things are okay. Um, but the doors that we are opening to the enemy, man, y'all, we got to be real mindful of everything that we do. Because honestly, when you think about the temple and when you think about the surrounding areas, Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, this stuff probably eased in, right? It probably wasn't super huge at first. It's probably like, oh, one person's doing it and like, wow. Okay, they doing that. I see on there. They got the little thing. They got the little, and I'm okay, okay, okay. And then next thing you know, another person joins, and then next thing you know, another person joins, and then next thing you know, it's this big, huge conglomerate of people, family, friends, cousins, you know, and everybody's doing this thing. And when you think about life, that's how it is, right? We can be like, oh wow, that looks cool. I don't. And then next thing you know, you doing it. You did it once. And then next thing you know, you did it twice. And then next thing you know, it's out of control and you've done it multiple times and you're participating in things. You're thinking about things. You're you're actively moving in ways that you didn't even realize that you were moving in until now something pops up. A scripture pops up. A song comes on and you're like, whoa. I am in a bad place. And I think that's really what happened. Josiah read the word of God. And he was like, whoa, we are in a bad place. And I think that it's important to come back to that. And when you think about, even when you think about the prodigal son, and it's not necessarily him having to cleanse his temple, but when you think about it, he had to come to himself. It was one of those things where he was like, I am in a bad place because you don't realize that you're in a bad place a lot of times until you realize that you're in a bad place. You usually ease into it. And some of the ways that we get into bad places may not even be any fault of our own. But what I'm talking about are the things where we are inviting it in. We are doing it. We are actively seeking out these things. And I think we have to be mindful of the things that we set our eyes on, the things that we set ourselves before, because they could really be a danger to our lives. They could really be a danger to our temples. And even not even, okay, like I'm going to move away from the, the witchcraft and the sage and all that and just go to how is my eating? Am I overeating? Am I, do I work out? Am I eating healthy? Because 
listen, the, the flesh is what it is, but it's also where we're supposed to be carrying the Holy Spirit. And so we have to maintain good eating habits. We have to maintain exercise. They didn't say, oh, well, Josiah and them, they went and go fix up the temple, but they only fixed up the inside and the outside was looking raggedy. No, no, the inside has to look nice as well. So we do have to maintain those things. We do have to stay healthy, drink your water, stay hydrated, you know, mind your business, eat some vegetables, take your vitamins, go for a walk. Those kinds of things really do help us, you guys. And you might think, Ain't no walking going to help my Christian journey, but it will help you. First of all, Jesus walked everywhere and we are called to be like him. So get your butt out there and get on that track and walk or walk a couple blocks, do some exercise. <laughs> we just need to maintain our temples better, y'all. And y'all going to be like, Denara, I'm tired of you talking about the temple because you keep talking about it on this podcast, but I think it's one of the most important things. And I'm only saying this because I'm talking to myself as well. Right. It's some days where I do not want to work out, but because I know what I'm carrying, because I know who I'm carrying, I'm getting up and I'm working out because I don't want God to dwell in no jankity temple. And I'm also mindful of the conversations I'm having because now we're getting into the internal. Right. Because I can have the wrong type of conversation and now I'm entertaining something, you know, negative. So no, I'm careful about the conversations I'm having. I'm careful about even the music I listen to at this point. And I'm not saying that what you listen to is a sin, but you have to be mindful about what you are feeding your spirit. The books I read, the TV shows I watch, all of those things. I have to be mindful of that because I don't want to feed my spirit anything that's going to taint it, right? Because the other thing that'll happen is I'm listening to this song or or watching this show or reading this book. And now I'm thinking about other things like, mm-hmm, let me send me out a little texty message. Okay. <laughs> and that's not where God wants me to be. And I think we have to really think about that, those things, guys. And y'all might be like, man, Denara being too, too holy, holy, or too saved. But I want you to know that these things matter in the bigger scheme of things, that these things really definitely are something that we need to be paying attention to and focusing on. Our temples are super important to us. They're super important to God. And so you definitely need to be mindful. Keep your temple clean. Watch what you're entertaining and watch what you're allowing in. And don't think, oh, it was just a little bit or it's just once because once turns into twice, twice turns into three times, three times turns into 30 times, 30 times turns into 300 times. Like, and then you're in this cycle and you're wondering why you're in this toxic cycle. And it's because you've allowed something or we've allowed or I've allowed something in my heart and kind of lost control of it. And so the best way to be is to not allow those things in. How amazing would it have been for the children of Israel just to follow the 10 commandments right off the bat, right? Just to do what God was telling them to do from jump, right? Then they wouldn't have even needed all the other extra rules and regulations and all these other things. It would have been fine, but they couldn't. So then they got more <laughs> rules and regulations to follow and struggled with following them all the way to the point where, you know, God was telling them so many things and it was just like, wow, they, they couldn't get it. And so then 
y'all just got to read the Bible. I don't want to go so deep into, into all that, but I, I'm saying all of this to say we have to be on top of it. It can't be this thing where, oh man, I just did it one time or I just allowed, you know, you know, it ain't that bad. God going to forgive me, which is true, but don't take advantage of grace, right? I want to do better. I want to do better. The Lord knows my heart. That's true. The Lord knows your heart, but you can still know your heart in hell because him knowing your heart does not mean that he's going to allow you to continue to get away with things. And one thing that I learned from reading the Old Testament is that we serve a God of accountability. He's not the God who's going to be like, oh, well, you know, you didn't mean it. No, because you meant it. You decided to do it and you meant it. And that goes for me too. I'm not pointing fingers, you guys, because I... I'm not perfect at all by any means, but what I submit to all of us is that we have to keep ourselves clean. We have to maintain our temples in a way to where God is okay dwelling with us, where the Holy Spirit is okay sitting and dwelling in, in our in our homes, in our spaces, in our temples, because that's what we need. That's where the peace comes from. The the dwelling of God, abiding in his presence. You know what I'm saying? Being under the shadow of the almighty is amazing. But if I am cluttering my space, cluttering my mind, cluttering my heart with all of this other trash, with all of this other stuff, then it gets uncomfortable. Have you ever been to somebody's house and like, walked in and just was stepping on stuff and it just smelled weird and there was just like stuff everywhere or even like watch the show hoarders like there's just stuff everywhere they can barely move through their houses there are raccoons living in you know and there's just all of this stuff how can you be in peace with so much clutter there is no way you cannot be anxious when you're surrounded by so much stuff And that's what I want to say. Like, we can't allow ourselves to clutter our spirits, to clutter our temples, because that will lead to the anxiety. That will lead to the depression. That will lead to the the falling away, you know, creating the space between us and God. And who wants that? Like, I don't want God ever to be far away from me anymore. Like, I don't want to ever have to look for God. I don't want to ever have to, I want to know all the time. And I always tell God, help me to lean into your presence. Because if I can just lean into your presence, I literally just leaned. But but if I can just lean into your presence consistently, then all of this other stuff will not get my attention. And so that's my prayer for us, that we can maintain our temples, that we can keep, keep our temples clean and just lean into the presence of God consistently. But, you know, that comes with making better decisions. That comes with being better Christians, being better followers of Christ, being better kingdom citizens. Be intentional about your temple. And if you feel like this really hit home for you, then I I pray that you will you know, get your Josiah on and start cleaning out your temple, getting all of the unclean things out of there and welcoming in the presence of God. The chapter ends, well, the chapter, um, Josiah is part of the chapter. He goes ahead and he has a Passover celebration because the temple is fixed up and all of the stuff is, is out. He reads the, the scroll with the law to the people, which was also amazing because that scroll hadn't been read for 
I think I read in one of my commentaries like over 200 years prior to that. And so I think that that's super cool. And I think that that's what we need to do. And if you don't know how to clean out your temple or how that looks for you, just get into the word of God, reach out to, you know, a pastor, a local minister, you know, or even a a Christian friend that, you know, is walking um, by faith in Jesus Christ and they can help you with that. But it's very important that we remove distraction, that we sweep it all up out of there because we don't want to be hoarders and have our temple full of foolishness to the point where the Holy Spirit can't dwell. God don't want to be in no funky place. A lot of times when stuff is piled up and it's too much and it's things everywhere, it be stinking. I'd be like, oh, it smells stale in here. And I don't want the Holy Spirit uh, trying to get in my temple like, oh, it smells stale in here. <laughs> I don't want that. And so I just thank God and I just praise him for just the knowledge of who he is, y'all. Um, let's keep God first. Let's keep God first, breakies. I really appreciate you guys for listening. Go forth and clean out your temples, child. Be great. Love y'all. Bye. Another episode of The Breakdown in the Books. I definitely appreciate you guys for listening, for coming through, for pulling up on your girl. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to me at D-A-N-A-R-A-R-E-N-E-E at gmail.com. That is Denara Renee at gmail.com. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Amen.